I was uh, praying on what to, to speak on. And Brother Andy, I'll just be honest with you, I didn't have nothing for a long time. Week in and week out. And I don't know why the Lord does this to me, but there's times, Brother Wade, I try to prepare ahead. Say, you know, God, I'm, I'm going to come in and, and get a few me- messages banked up. Uh, and, and the Lord doesn't let me do that for some reason. He's like, let's take it one by one. So I, I've got to wait and wait, it seems like. But out of nowhere, the Lord just gave me this portion of Scripture a Sunday morning before church began. Out, out just I'm telling you, just out of nowhere. And I just opened up my Bible in my office, and I, I really want to encourage y'all tonight, okay? We've had great services from Sunday morning uh, pastor preached a phenomenal message, and, and Brother Austin did as well, and so did Sister Vonda last night. And I just thank God for His presence in every service, but I feel this word burning within me. And uh, I, I will tell you, I have, uh, I told Pastor, I said, hey, I said I'm, I'm getting close, and I said, I wonder if this is going to make sense to anybody. But I believe it will tonight, and the Lord's going to help us, right? All right. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. We're going to begin reading in verse 17. Just real quick. Before I make you stand, I'll give you another break here if you want. But just real quick. This is the revelation to John of what is to come. And this is what John begins to see as he enters in to another dimension, another realm in the spirit and he begins to see Jesus in his glory and how he is coming back but revelation chapter number 1 verse 17 now you can read for the uh, for God's word and reverence to God's word and it says in verse 17 and when i saw him i fell at his feet as dead and he laid his right hand upon me saying Fear not, for I am the first and the last. Catch verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Can you say amen? Because that's what Jesus says. Amen. And I have the keys of hell And of death. Verse 18, one more time. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Let us pray. God, we come before you. We thank you for your presence and your power in this house tonight. We thank you for the spirit of worship that we feel in this house this evening. And Lord, I ask that your word just go forth in the anointing that it has and do what only it can do. In Jesus' name we pray and the church says, Amen. You may be seated tonight. So this week we have been gathered in a series of services in celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? We know the story of the garden. Hello? We know the story of his betrayal. We know the story of Jesus' trial. Many of you can say that you know the story of his beating, of the stripes he took, and of the cross that he bore. Many in this room can even say that you know the story of his resurrection. That's why we're here, but... Can I speak to you today about what the resurrection means for the life of the believer? For the life of the believer. Understand that Jesus starts out by speaking to John in our verses here. And he says, fear not, for I am the first and the last. But notice what he says first. uh, After that he says, I am he that liveth. And was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I just wanted to point out to you, real quick and real clear, Jesus made it clear himself, speaking to John 
I am alive forevermore. Amen. There's no question about it. There's no denying it. We talked Sunday uh, in opening how they still can't find him. They still can't find his body. But I know where he's at. He's in the heart of the believer. He says, I am he that lives forevermore. But the Bible continues there and says, I have the keys of hell and death. I have the keys of hell and death. Can we just uh, just turn to your neighbor tonight and say he's about to get into it real quick. I don't have an introduction. I don't, I, I'm, not, I, I'm one of these guys, if, if someone else read my notes, they probably couldn't make sense of them. They're all over the place. I don't know why God does this to me, but he does this to me, all right? But I'm just going to function in how he sees fit tonight, and I'm just going to go with the flow. Has anyone in this room ever lost your keys? All the women of the church said amen. Amen. All the men of the church say amen. Amen. We've all done it. We've all done it. We've all lost our keys. We've all had situations where we've just been running, running around rampant, running around busy, and, and we're getting everybody else. Listen, I, we, we know how it is in our home with two little girls. You're trying to get them ready. You're trying to make sure they're not getting their dress messed up. You're trying to make sure they're not doing this or they're not getting that. You're trying to get out the door, and then what happens is you get into the car and you realize you don't have your keys. And how many has ever heard the famous dad saying of when he finds your keys and says, can't go anywhere without these. Anyone ever heard that dad saying? Anybody's dad ever tell them that? Hey, you can't go anywhere without these. How many is that dad that would say that? Can't go anywhere without these. I want you to know that we live in a time, and you're going to try to wonder what I'm going, where I'm going for a second but we live in a time and a day and an hour where it is, we, we preach about it all the time. It's darker than it's ever been. Listen, I, I, will, t- I will be the first to tell you, I, I, I cannot even imagine what it would be like uh, to be a teenager again and go to school today. I, I, I'm not that old. I've only been out of school for going on 11 years. But I, I will tell you, I could not imagine going back. I could not imagine what it was like. See, I lived in a time, can I just be honest and frank with you? I, I, even a decade ago, Brother Chris, you didn't come out and say you're homosexual. You didn't do that in, in our old country school. You, you didn't talk like that. You didn't say those things. Uh, we, we, we lived in a time uh, uh, just, just a decade ago that seemed so distant uh, and so far away. And now uh, I, I can't tell you how many times, it doesn't matter where you turn on the news, it, it's, it's this is going on in culture and and they're trying to trans the kids. And they're trying to, to, to teach this agenda. They're trying to push that agenda. And, and the White House is doing this. And the Congress is doing that. And the Senate is doing this. And all this is going on. And we don't know what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. We don't know what's going on with Iran. We don't know what's going on with China. All this is going on with China and Taiwan. And, and all these things back and forth. But I will tell you, as Pastor has said and the, the speakers have said all throughout this week... I have never, it doesn't matter what's going on the physical, I will state the obvious and I have never seen spiritual warfare in my entire walk with the Lord like I have in the day and hour that we're living in right now. Right now. Sister Vonda said something last night that spoke volumes to me and it was very simple. She talked about how Sister Louise would start shouting in the back of the church and end up at the front of the church. And she says, where is that? And I began to ask myself, where is that? Where is that? And people will say, well, it's not all about the shout. And I understand that that, that shouting and worshiping and, and praising God can look in many different ways. I want you to know I understand that. But what I ask is where is that freedom? Where is that freedom where it didn't, it didn't matter to them ladies that took all that time, put all them bobby pins in their hair and they did not care to shake them right out. And them men, my, my pet was one of them. Man, I, he would take that time and he would shine them boots, man. They would look good, but he would just cut a rug and he, he would shout and he, he, would, he would just get free. I tell you, there's a freedom that they had that seems to be lost in, in, in the church age that we're living 
living in. But can I draw a quick parallel? What we are doing in the church is just like that example I gave you a little bit ago. We're trying to get in the car, the spiritual car, and go places, but we ain't got no keys. Hear me, we ain't got no keys. And what ends up happening is we, 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 we get into church and we get into cycles and the enemy is like, here, I tell you, we're human. I understand that we go through things, but here we are in the church in America and we're on this roller coaster ride where we're going up on the mountain and now we're down in the valley. Oh, I'm shouting on Sunday, but next Sunday I ain't got a praise in my mouth. Oh, hear me tonight. Oh, I got joy on Saturday, but but I got no joy by Monday. Oh, I got peace on Wednesday when the preacher preached. But on Thursday, I ain't got no peace. And oh, I had joy. And I, I had I had all oh, a sound mind on Tuesday. But now it's Friday and I ain't got a sound mind anymore. What we have is a people that know that there is victory. But for some reason, we can't seem to walk in it. And you say, man, this doesn't sound encouraging. Listen, stay with me. Stay with me. I'm just telling the truth. Can I just expose the enemy for who he is? And this is who he is. He is a deceiver. He is a liar. And I'll tell you the biggest lie he will tell you is that you just need to shut up. You need to put up. You need to quit. You need to step out. The biggest, I understand this. The devil ain't fighting a building. He's not fighting a physical building. The devil ain't afraid of the church building. The reason reason that you are under such attack is because you are not the building, but you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And if he can stop you, he can stop God's initiative on this earth. Hear me tonight. Whether you would like to admit it or not, there is a call on your life. You say, oh me, I'm so meek, I'm so... Listen, it doesn't matter how shy or how outgoing you are, there is a purpose for your life. Hear me, there is a purpose for your life. And what happens is, is what I see in the church is many different things, but what I see is we are like Samson on the grinding mill. Samson was a man of anointing. He was a man that was set apart. He was a man that was different. But what happened is he started messing with the world. And listen, I understand that we have responsibilities. Fathers, I understand we gotta work. Mothers, I understand you got to work understand you got things going on but I'll tell you this my father told me something years ago and it stuck out to me he said son when life gets busy the first thing that gets cut is God he said son when it gets busy the first thing that gets cut out of people's life is God and it's so true because we see a church as a volunteer thing hear me I want you to know that I am not a volunteer. I am committed. I could not make, I, I, I could not preach another message for the rest of my life. I, 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 I could not do this or not do that. But you want, I want you to know I will still praise him. I still worship him. I will still give him honor because he is good. He is faithful and I love him. But what happens is we get busy and all these things begin to happen. And, and then we, what, like Samson is, is the world comes in and, 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 and I understand me. I, I think there's people in this house and, and it's not necessarily sin, but we're so distracted. He lost sight of who he was. We've preached it before in this house that, that his mission, he was called to, to fight against the Philistines, but he fell in love with them instead. And now he finds himself on the grinding mill. Mad and he's just going around in circles. And he's got no vision. His eyes are gone. They plucked them out. They gouged them out. And he's a man of great anointing and he's a man of great strength. But he finds himself every day going in a circle. I want you to know that what Samson was is he was a man that lost his keys. Listen, don't matter how good the car looks, 
If you can't start it up and take it anywhere, it's worthless. Hear me, and what we've been doing in the American church is instead of getting the keys and driving the car towards where God is leading us and guiding us, what we're doing is we're hitchhiking our way to heaven. Oh, that was good. We're hitchhiking our way to heaven. You say, what are you talking about? Because a hitchhiker has no control of where or how far he goes. He's just trying to get a ride to somewhere. And we, we just, oh God, carry me from one service to another. One revival to another. One prophet to another. One word to another. And we're living on, on, on the ups. Just to try to make it through the downs. We're living on the ups. Trying to make it through the downs. Here's what I tell you. What I hear in church more than anything. What I hear in young people more than anything. Well, I don't feel. I don't feel. I don't feel. I don't feel. Y'all should know me by now. I hate that. I don't feel. It's not about what you feel. Because here's what I've learned in my life, Justin, in my Christian walk. When I don't feel like praising Crystal, that's probably when I should praise. Hear me. When I don't feel like praying, that's probably when I should throw the covers off, get out of bed, and pray. When I don't feel focused enough to read God's word, that means I should probably stand up, walk around, open up his word, and read his word. Do you understand that when you say, oh, I don't, I don't feel like I should say anything, or I don't feel like I have anything to pray over them, or I don't feel like, do you understand what you're doing is you're letting your flesh win? Do you understand that pastors uh, like myself and like pastor, I say it all the time, there's days we don't feel like preaching. I don't feel like singing. Uh, listen, I battled things in my voice uh, and there's times it hurt to sing. I didn't feel like it. Uh, but here's what I've come to realize uh, is when there's opposition, uh, that means that there's breakthrough on the other side uh, of my opposition uh, and I gotta grow up, uh, put my big boy boots on uh, and say, you know what, uh, I'm get over how I feel and I'm going to praise God anyway I'm going to get my keys I'm going to get in the car and I'm going somewhere but hear me what's happening is what I believe is the church has lost their keys we've all done it Brandy it's easy to do we get in a hurry, we get busy, and we, we lose our keys. You say, why, why, why is it so important? Why is it so important to have our keys? Understand the scripture that I read to you. Jesus says, first of, first of all, I'm the first and the last. Second of all, can I come down and hang out with y'all? Amen. So second of all, I'm alive, and I'm not going nowhere. And third, I have the keys. Why is that significant? We're here celebrating Resurrection Sunday. And the fact is, I thank God for the cross. I thank God for the stripes. I thank God for the blood. I thank Jesus that he, he, he laid his life down on that cross. They didn't take it. He said, I lay my life down. I thank God for that. But do you realize none of that has power without the resurrection? None of it. None of it. The blood, we sing about the blood. The blood has no power without the resurrection because without the resurrection, he's not who he said he was. So he says, I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys. Why is that important? I believe he's reminding John of a promise that he heard him tell Peter in Matthew chapter 16. This is what he told Peter. He says, you're now no longer Simon, you're Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I am giving you, he didn't say I'm giving it to you now. He said, I am giving you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound, will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So what Jesus was saying is remember, I got you the keys. This is about to take off. I'm about to get, listen, I gave you 
the keys. Do you realize when he died and when he descended before he ascended, he went to hell itself. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Why? Because we sing the song, because he lives. We sung it Sunday. Because he lives, we have the keys. Because he lives, there's power in the blood. Because he lives, by his stripes, we are healed. Because he lives, Here's the deal. Oh, death, as as Paul said, oh, death, where is your sting? Because he lives, you have salvation. Because he lives, you have deliverance. Why are these keys so important? He tells the disciples, Luke chapter 24, verse 49, go to Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. We heard Sister Vonda talk about it last night. Acts chapter one and verse eight. After you you shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What Jesus was setting them up for was to inherit the keys. Catch this. Before I drove... Pastor Ronnie uses this analogy a lot, but before I drove, I had to go to driving school because there wasn't no way mama and daddy were going to let me get behind their car, especially my mom. My mom had a car that she loved dearly, a Chrysler 300C with a 5.7 liter Hemi up under the hood. I remember her test driving it, and she scared the dealer half to death just revving that engine up. She loved that car, but she wasn't going to let me drive it until I had experience. Hear me. And Jesus wasn't about to let them drive the... Understand, he wasn't about to give them the keys to the kingdom until they had an experience at the day of Pentecost. And when they had an experience at the day of Pentecost, that's when Peter stood up and he said, this is that, right? We can shout and sing about that, but what's going on in the church is... We got all kinds of things going on in our life. And the enemy's coming after us all kinds of different ways. What the enemy's done is he's put everything that we need to live a victorious Christian life under lock and key. He's tried to lock us down, church. I'm not just talking about a pandemic. He's tried to lock your praise down. He's tried to lock your joy down. He's tried to lock your peace of mind down. He's tried to lock your healing down. He's tried to lock your boldness down. He's tried to lock your deliverance down. He's tried to lock your testimony down. In the church, we come in week in, week out. Well, can't get my stuff. The devil's just beating on me too bad. I wish we gave God as much credit as we give the devil. I really do. If I had a dime for every time the, someone told me in church, oh, the devil's just beating me up, what do you think he's going to do? He ain't, he ain't a featherweight. He's a heavyweight, baby. He's going to come out swinging. What do you think he's going to do? Roll over and just let you take his kingdom? No! He didn't want Jesus to have his kingdom. That's why Jesus had to go to hell and take it. Listen, we ain't putting on the armor of God to look good. We're putting it on to use it. We come in. Oh, I can't get my stuff. I can't get my stuff. I don't have my joy. I don't have my peace. Don't worry, I ain't going to break nothing. It's just my rain gear for work that I use when it rains. I ain't going to break nothing. Maybe that little table. But brother, wait, wait. Oh, I. I don't have peace. I don't have joy. I don't, I don't have my praise. I don't have my... We get into the I feels. I feels. I feels. I feels. I feels. I sung it Sunday. I feel like praising, praising him. I feel like praising, praising him. I want you to know that I don't have to feel it to praise him. You, you know, I've told y'all, I'm, I, I try to be transparent with you. There's times I've come in here and snot and spit and scream and holler. God, why, 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 why? There's times I don't feel like it. 
But I found that when I just do it anyway, it begins to unlock some things. Hear me. We face these obstacles and we think, oh, I can't get in. I can't get in. But how many, okay, we all talked about how we lost keys. But how many has ever found keys in an obvious place? Hey, hey, my mom was a classic. Where's my sunglasses? Where's my sunglasses? Where's my sunglasses? Where's my sunglasses? And I just, I wouldn't say anything. I just watched. I wish we had, I wish, I wish she would have let me. Listen, now, now teenagers about to die when I say this. I was not allowed to have a smartphone. Parents better say amen. I was not allowed to have a smartphone. That was a no-no. She said, hey, when you get a job, and you get a big boy and you, start, you, you get to be a big boy and you can pay your own money and pay your own taxes and pay your own way. Then you can get whatever phone you want. I don't care. But you ain't getting a smartphone. I wish I had one though because she'd just look all over and her glasses on top of her head and she's just looking, where's my glasses? Where's my sunglasses? Where's my sunglasses? And we do that with our keys, man. Where are my, where are my keys? Where are my keys? And oftentimes, this is what Sierra says to me, where you left them? Where we always put them? The keys are where you always put them. Well, I thought I laid them here. Well, I picked them up and I put them where they ought to go. I picked them up and look. Listen, so often in our spiritual life, we're looking for answers and it's always been in front of us. Used to sing an old song. I don't know why I'm referencing songs here today, but it says, I got the keys to the kingdom. I got the keys to the kingdom. I've got the keys to the kingdom and the world can't do me no harm. Choir say, no harm, no harm. I've got the keys to the kingdom and the world can't do me no harm. You want to know, you see all these locks in here? I put the keys inside God's word because that's where it is. We fight and we struggle and you say, oh, God's word. But there's times I can't read. There's times I can't pray. There's times I'm telling you if you will just, sometimes you just got to speak to the thing. I'm sick of this, 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 this sissified, well, well, we got to, you know, listen, there's times that you just got to get up, get over how you feel and say, you know what? I'm going to talk to you, devil, and I'm going to put you in your place. There's times you just got to get up and you just got to get a hold of God. And sometimes you start speaking in a heavenly tongue. You don't know what to pray. You don't know what to say. But listen, I'll tell you, there's times when I don't even feel the utterance to speak in an unknown tongue. But I start declaring the word of God over my life. I start declaring the word of God over my family. And what you don't realize is that you are unlocking some things. Oh, but the devil said that you, you can't have it. You can't have it back. You can't have it back. Oh, oh, but my praise says I can have it back. Understand this. They were under lock and key. Paul and Silas, we talk about them all the time. But I tell you, there's, there, there is, there's very few stories that's as powerful as them. What they begin to say to one another is let's sing and let's praise and let's pray. And that's powerful. But I want you to know what they were really saying is how about we get the keys out? The jailer thinks he's got the keys. Listen, Satan tries to convince you that he's got the keys. But Jesus reminded John, he don't have no keys. I took every key he's got. I've got the key to death. I've got the key to hell. I got the key to the grave. And he told the church, I'm giving them to you. I'm giving you the keys. Do you realize that God in you is often the answer to your prayers? Oh, but I get, begin to pray. I begin to seek God. The devil thinks he has me, but the chains and the locks, they're coming off me. I tell you, I love, what I love to see more than anything is when I know someone's just going through it and they just praise anyway. I love it. 
I love it because they don't even realize that they're not only testifying to me, but they're testifying to their children, their grandchildren. I, I love, I, I love the times when I knew my parents were, were just going through it. Uh, they, they pastored for years uh, and my dad would stand on that platform uh, and preach with such anointing. Uh, and I said, how, how does he do? But it would minister to me uh, because he had the mentality, no matter what was going on uh, in my life, uh, God is still worthy uh, I'm still going to do the call that God's given me. I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to worship him. Church, we've got to make up in our mind. We're going to stop playing church. We're going to stop playing games. We're not going to be in and out, but we're going to be all in. We're going to be committed. We're going to be sold out. We've got to get over ourselves. We've got to get over this culture. We've got to get over the people at work. We've got to get over the people at school. We've got to get over the Democrats. We've got to get over the Republicans. We've got to get over the politics and the policies and we got to start climbing we got to start driving we've got to start claiming what is rightfully ours oh but we begin to praise we begin to worship oh we begin to sing we begin to lift God up the locks the locks are starting to come off what does that mean? When there's complete freedom, no restrictions. What does that mean for the believer? Let's look. Let's look what that means. It means you get your praise back. See, because the enemy, oh man, I, I, could, I could preach about praise every day for the rest of my life. Every day for the rest of my life. Because praise is a weapon. And the reason why you don't feel like praising is because hell knows if you start praising that prison doors will open up, that chains will fall off. Listen, I believe mountains can move. Tell me something that you believe God can't do and I'll tell you that he can. That's what praise does. That's what praise does. What happens when there's complete freedom? What happens when there's complete freedom? We get our joy back. Listen, you can go through the valley of the shadow of death, as David said, and you can fear no evil. What David was saying is not only I had peace, I had joy. Sister Bonda said it last night, quoted the scripture, the joy of the Lord is our strength. What does complete freedom like? It's not just praise, it's not just joy, but listen, it's a sound mind. The devil tries to torment your mind. I want you to know if you just press in and you just get beyond all the things that's going on in your life and just say, you know what? It's time to worship the Lord. And it doesn't matter what my bank account looks like, my marriage looks like, my friendships look like, my relationships look like. It doesn't matter what anything else looks like. I'm here for Jesus. We've got to get back to just Jesus. The Bible says uh, that Philip went out and just preached Jesus. Didn't preach a fancy message. Uh, he didn't do anything special. He just preached Jesus. Uh, he loves you. He died for you. He was crucified and he rose for you. I tell you, there is a sound mind that needs to come back to the church. That's what complete freedom looks like. Uh, I can get all these out. Complete freedom uh, looks like power. I'm ready to see the church uh, to be the powerhouse that they were called to be. Real, what real freedom looks like uh, strength. Paul said this, uh, I'm weak. But Jesus said, no, you're strong because my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Hear me. Hear me tonight. I will tell you the times that I've felt the greatest anointing and the greatest moving of the Holy Spirit on my life. It's times when I felt like my world was falling apart and I couldn't go on one more day. I'll tell you the times that I felt the Holy Spirit moving on my life. I can tell you is when I lost people I loved and God would just minister to me. Is when I lost, when I lost focus and 
I would come back. I felt, uh, I felt so weak. I felt so incapable un- un- and incapable uh, of what God was calling me to do. But I would feel his strength uh, and he would carry me through. Uh, listen, some of us need to hear this. Uh, some of us had decisions to make. Uh, but freedom feels like guidance. Uh, there's some of you think that freedom is chaos. No, freedom is not chaos. Uh, freedom is order. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that he orders uh, the steps of a righteous man uh, so he can bring guidance uh, and complete freedom. Uh, but I say the best two for last uh, because the biggest thing is, is if you'll just press through, uh, if you'll just praise regardless, uh, if you'll pray, if you'll read, uh, if you'll be committed to this thing, uh, if you'll be committed to God, uh, you'll find that there is deliverance. Uh, and I'm not talking about just a feeling where you walk out uh, and it comes back the next day. I'm talking about who the sun sets free uh, is free indeed. Uh, hear me tonight. Uh, I, I'm not playing any more games. Uh, these young men that came uh, and prayed, uh, I want to see deliverance in their life. Uh, I don't know what they're all going through. Uh, I don't know what the situations are, uh, but I know this, uh, that where there is freedom, uh, where there is a church that says, you know what, we're taking the locks off. Uh, we're getting back what the enemy told us. Uh, listen, I could sing another song. Uh, I went to the enemy's camp uh, and I took back uh, what he stole from me and it goes on and says, uh, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. And they say, Satan is under my feet. You know what that song was about? It was about your keys. I'm telling you, some of you just need to find your keys. Some of you are going through it right now and you just say, oh God, help me find, help me find my keys. I need to unlock some things. I need to open up some things. I need to see God moving some things. Anybody with me tonight? Turn to your neighbor and say, find your keys. Find your keys, find your keys. Why? Because there's not only deliverance, uh, but pastors talked about it again and again. Uh, and I, I, I've already seen it in my family. We're going to see it in a greater scale. Uh, but there is healing. I, I, can I just say something? I, there's something stirring at me right now. Hear me. I think we are going to see a massive move in, in not, not, uh, listen, I'm not going to preach uh, to the church world. I'm going to preach to y'all. In this church, there is going to be a massive move of healing. And I will tell you uh, that we're going to see cancer removed uh, and gone. Hear me, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that feels like. Uh, but I believe, because I've already seen it in my old house. Uh, they tried to tell my wife she had cancer. They tried to tell Brother Matt he had cancer. Uh, but they're here lifting up their hands. Uh, they're here worshiping. Uh, they're here praising. Don't tell me. Uh, don't tell me uh, that you can't find the keys. Uh, that you can't get free. Uh, that you can't get deliverance. Uh, come on. Uh, your praise, uh, your, your, your adoration towards God uh, is unlocked things you think it's impossible but Jesus said oh with God all things are possible oh you say oh this world is coming after me Pastor Jade oh Jesus said don't worry I've overcome the world you say oh you don't know what I've been through oh but I know what God's word says that I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the word of what you've been through some of you need to stop complaining and some of you need to start testifying Some of you want the attention of the complaint. I want you to know we're not in that season. We're not in that season of, oh, the devil's coming, the devil's coming. No, we're in the season of the devil came and he went. He came at me one way. He left seven ways. I got together with a brother and a sister and we put 10,000 to flight. Oh, the devil came and he went. He came and he wore out his weapon. He came and we got the keys out. Hear me tonight. Come do the music. Hear me. Some of us, listen, I I don't know why I'm this way. I I just am. But if y'all got to pray with me, man, you'd be like, 
Shade ain't right. He ain't right. I know you don't think I'm right anyway. But you say, man, he ain't right. Because I say things. I've told you all, I tell myself, God, I thank you that I don't have to feel you to know that you're in this room. I say things like that out loud. I don't know what it does for me, but it does something. But you know what? As I began to think about this message, I just began to jingle these keys. I'm not telling you you got to do this because you might not be as corny as I am. But man, there's something in me just wants to say, hey devil, you ain't got no keys. You may have locks, but you ain't got no keys. You may have devices. And you may have vices. Oh, but Jesus said, I'm alive forevermore. And I got the keys of death and the grave, hell and the grave. Oh, but he told the church. When Jesus was telling this to Peter and he says, I'm giving you, he's saying, I'm in the process of Peter. You just hold on. You just hold on, Peter. This kind of goes back to what I exhorted on before I preached. Peter was not perfect. Denied Jesus three times. He ran. He hid. Hey, even in that same portion of Scripture, when Jesus said, listen, I'm going to be killed. They're going to take me. And he, he pulled, the Bible says, he pulled Jesus to the side. And Peter rebuked Jesus. So you don't know what you're talking about. That will never happen to you. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You're getting in the way of the will of God. That's what he said to Peter. This Peter, Peter by, by no means was a stand-up fellow all around. He was imperfect. Denied Jesus. Oh, but before he ascended, he said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. And feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yes, you know I do, Lord. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? For the third time. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. Do you realize Peter denied him three times? But Jesus redeemed him for every time. By simply saying, do you love me? Do you love me? And that same Peter that was imperfect Listen, I can just relate. People love David. People love to talk about Peter because they were just imperfect men but God still loved them anyway. Elijah, help me out. Come up here, bud. Face, face, congregation. This is Peter. He's imperfect. He's messed up. He's us. But because Jesus rose and he sent the promise of his spirit on the day of Pentecost, Peter could stand up and preach because what Peter didn't realize is when there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire and it sat upon each of them, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What he didn't realize is that same Jesus that he had denied, but he kept serving, but he kept serving. He didn't realize in that moment what Jesus did was give him the keys. You say, why is that so significant? Peter would go on to be prisoned multiple times. He would eventually go on to be a martyr hung on an X-shaped cross. If I'm not mistaken, or hung upside down on that cross. But here's the thing about Peter's life. Help me. 
Just let me push you around a little bit. It's the same imperfect Peter. When he got the keys, he began to walk in an anointing. And in Acts chapter 3, him with John said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Hear me. That same Peter in Acts chapter 4 stood and said, I will not deny Jesus. I will not deny what he's done. And they said, we see that you've been with him. There's an anointing on your life. Oh, but then we go to Acts chapter 5. What begins to happen, just keep walking, just slowly. As they begin to lay the sick in the streets. Crystal, they begin to just lay him out in the streets. Just so Peter's shadow could touch them. And they would be made whole. Oh, don't tell me you don't need the keys in your life. Oh, because you don't realize the answer to the chaos going on in your world is in your hand. You can come back, TJ. You can come back, Elijah. I'm used to picking on TJ. Thank you. You can sit down. The devil's trying to lock you down. And Jesus said, but I've given you the keys. I'll tell you, we're in a day that we cannot afford to grieve His Spirit. And I will tell you right now, His Spirit is grieved. Because we're hitchhiking our way to eternity. And He said, but I gave you keys. I gave you keys. Church, I don't care what the enemy tries to place on your life. What this little red lock represents is burdens. Whatever he tries to break and place on your life, understand this, that Jesus told Isaiah there's an anointing that breaks the yoke. But you need your keys. Stand with me across this house. Understand. As insignificant as some of you may feel, There's a chain-breaking anointing on your life. You know how David received the anointing, how he became eligible, how he became a man after God's own heart? It's because he had relationship. Your Bible, time alone with the Lord, you don't realize there's only two keys on this key ring. But you know what prayer does? It keeps adding keys. There's a key for your mind. There's a key for your healing. There's a key for deliverance. There's a key of authority. There's keys. Understand this. Jesus is our high priest. And the Bible says he was out of the order in Hebrews 7 of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was not only a king. He was a priest. Understand this. Why is that important that Jesus is of the order of Melchizedek. He's a king and a priest. Because he's a king, he's given you authority. And because he's a priest, when he said it was finished, he tore the veil and he gave you access. What that means is there's nothing off limits to the believer. Who wants your stuff back? Who wants it back? Take it. 
it's yours. You just need to find your keys. Turn to your neighbor one more time and say, you need your keys. You need your keys. I feel just such a spirit of heaviness and discouragement and we've had great services and I'm I'm just a big old oversized white boy that preaches it's all I am I just love God and he loves me But I'm telling you right now, there's some of you that have fought over things and fought over things. And you just need to get in your word. And you need to come to this altar and get a hold of God and say, God, I need a key for that. I need a key for that. And I believe there's many in this house If you want your stuff, if you want your children, if you want deliverance, if you want joy, if you want peace, if you want wholeness, there's some of you that have experienced salvation, but there's some things that that you're still dealing with. There's a wholeness that you can have. Come get your stuff at these altars. Come get your stuff. So I'm inviting you tonight. These altars are open. Come get your stuff. Come take the locks off. Can I just be as bold tonight? Carly, come get your stuff. I have just seen the enemy all over you. I've told Sierra... The enemy is just trying to eat Carly up. Get your stuff. Get your stuff. There is an anointing. We have a, There's people in this house that have heard the exhortation on your lips. Get your stuff. Lexi, get your stuff. There's some things the enemy's tried to rob you of. Get your stuff. TJ, get your stuff. Emma. Gracie, get your stuff. I'm not perfect. I'm not the greatest youth pastor. I'm not the greatest young adult pastor. But I will tell you this. The devil can't have them. So young people, come get your stuff. Parents, come get your stuff. Young adults, Come get your stuff. These altars are open. Come get your stuff. Come get your toy. Come get your children. Come get your stuff. Everybody, Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you. If you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you. We love you. And we just say to you today that He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.